Hello everyone, this is Rob, and welcome to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. This is going to be your weekly edition of the SmackDown Podcast. And I gotta ask, are you ready for a good time? Uh, yeah, if you guys enjoy what we're putting out, please don't forget to uh, follow us on whatever platform you listen to to podcasts leave us a review if you're listening on apple give us a five star helps us out a lot you can follow us on twitter at deep six wrestling uh that's wrestling without the g so it's deep six deep six wrestling uh you can find us on youtube at deep six wrestling give us a follow there we post most of our podcasts in video form too if you like to listen not you're not going to see our faces that way or anything really but you know it's another way to listen so yeah, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a subscribe, whatever you want to do to help us out. And without further ado, let us jump into this week's edition of SmackDown. Uh, the first few minutes were basically just a recap of SmackDown. They just showed a, vi a video package showing all the matches and what went down, all the winners, all the happenings, everything major. Uh, it was fine, you know, it's the first SmackDown since SummerSlam, so that's fine. Lots of happenings. It was a big show. A lot of good things happened. So, cool with me. Uh, the show opens officially with a black SUV arriving at the arena, being driven by the Usos. And then uh, another SUV that was off-screen is shown with uh, Roman stepping out of the back. I don't know why this couldn't have been done in the same shot with the same SUV, but whatever. That's sure. Uh, we go to the ringside, and Pat is bragging about... His victory against uh, against Corbin at SummerSlam, especially about the low blow. He he does one of those things that they do in football games where they they circle the screen and they show all the different spots. And he was basically just breaking it down that way. It was pretty. It was entertaining. It seems like this feud may not be over after all, which is fine. They had a really good match at SummerSlam, and I could see them having unfinished business. Fine by me. Uh, a bunch of the faces are backstage laughing at at happy corbin who's watching on a monitor backstage and this sets up a match between the leader of those faces which was uh ireland's favorite son rick o'shea <laughs> that's uh ricochet of course um which sounds good to me i can't it was a little bit of a weird opening to the show but i'm, I'm down with it it was entertaining and uh sets up a good match here I know Ricochet was recently the IC champion, but it really didn't feel important. So it's pretty nice to see him back in the spotlight here. And hopefully this is a, a measure of things to come, which I believe it will be because I, I think Triple H is pretty high on Ricochet and always has been. And uh, I think we're going to see that going forward. Um, Ricochet dominates early with his high flying offense, which is second to none. He uh, he ends up catching a clothesline from a deceivingly quick Corbin. Uh, Rick starts to come back, but is sent flying into the ring post, going into our first commercial break of the evening. Of course, the heel has to kind of get one over to go into the commercial break, so you got to be like, oh, what's going to happen? Uh, right as we come back, Corbin hits this crazy-looking backdrop. Ricochet gets so much air on it, it looks absolutely insane. 
it's such a simple thing. It happens in like every match, but it looked absolutely nuts. And after another comeback attempt from Ricochet, Corbin hits a really cool looking torture rack neck breaker. What an underrated performer, performer Corbin is. He does not get enough credit. He's he's good at everything he does. He's He has his weaknesses, of course, but uh, he's able to show his strengths much more than his weaknesses shine through. And uh, he's just undervalued. Uh, Corbin gets distracted by Pat McAfee and gets crotched on the top ropes by Ricochet, who takes advantage and hits a recoil and a shooting star press for the victory. This was a really good match. It got plenty of time, and uh, yeah, what a great way to kick off the show proper. And uh, it can't go wrong here. Pat McAfee signs a football and punts it into the crowd. There wasn't anything after the match between Corbin and McAfee, but I still think there's a decent chance that this continues going forward. So we'll see. And if it does, that would be uh, fine by me. Sami Zayn is backstage. He knocks on Roman Reigns' door. And the Usos come out and talk to him, and he just says he wants to talk to Roman, but they won't let him in. He said he's been trying to reach Paul Heyman, but uh, Heyman is not there, so he has to talk to them. And they just kind of send him away for now. And uh, then Shinsuke Nakamura makes his way to the ring for another rematch with L Ludwig Kaiser. And if he wins, he earns an opportunity at the IC title this is not deja vu, folks. This did happen two weeks ago. Believe me, I I kind of thought, I don't know. It's, uh, okay. I guess we're doing a whole replay here. Nakamura dominates pretty much the whole beginning part of the match until Ludwig hits a swinging back suplex slam uh, type move. I'm not even sure what it was or what it, you could call it, but it looked pretty pretty cool I'm not gonna lie uh, he, and he takes control going into the break of course because you know that's what heels do heels got a heel uh nakamura nakamura is back in control as we come back but he gets distracted by gunther who allows ludwig to get back into the match ludwig's offense is uh very crisp and unique looking pretty much all of it he hits a lot of different kind of suplexes and Every, everything he hits just looks nice and different than anybody else on the roster, which is uh, refreshing. It's very cool to see. I think he's got a good future if he... Uh, I mean, he doesn't have to break away from Gunther, but I think he's got a future here. Nakamura hits his, like, fake out in Zaguri, and uh, then he hits a Kinshasa for the victory, earning himself a title shot on next week's SmackDown against Gunther. And for once, Ludwig does not get chopped to oblivion, which is nice to see. Good for him. Save his chest for another time. And I'm now noticing that we have mid-card title matches on both shows next week, next week, which is a nice touch. It's uh, kind of bringing the, the titles, the mid-card titles, back to the forefront. Because the IC title has been, like, non-existent, pretty much. They've had, like, one title match that I can remember in the longest time, and that was Gunther and Ricochet. They have, I don't know when the last time it was defended on pay-per-view was. I think it was, like, last WrestleMania or something, which is absurd. Hopefully that changes. The U.S. title's been treated quite a bit better, but still. Um, not not much. And both, I mean, both titles are held by very good wrestlers and people that the fans like, but, you know... 
let's let's bring them back to the forefront here and keep going with it next up we have megan morant interviewing kofi kingston backstage uh about the viking raiders attack on xavier woods last week and kofi acknowledges that he's been by he's by himself for the first time in a while with biggie and xavier both out but he's gonna make the raiders pay for what they did to woods and then we get Sami Zayn again knocking on Roman Reigns' door. And he is once again denied entry. But the Usos basically kind of trick him into going to the production truck and making sure all of uh, Roman's entrance and pyro stuff is, is in order. Sami kind of argues at first, says it's not really his job. And someone else can do it, but the Usos are like, Hey, this is a this is a big deal. Roman will uh, owe you one if you do this. So Sammy reluctantly agrees. Oh, I love the, I love the chemistry between Sammy and the Bloodline. It's so it's so wonderfully awkward. Sammy is playing this to perfection. Oh, another undervalued talent. I hope he uh, stops being undervalued under Triple H's uh, creative here. So hopefully that uh, that plays out. Next up, we have Kayla Braxton in the ring to introduce Liv Morgan, whose arm is in a brace from Ronda's brutal attack at SummerSlam. Liv acknowledges that she tapped out at SummerSlam as the crowd chanted her. They were kind of... This is the most negative I've seen the crowd towards Liv in quite a while. Probably ever, honestly, but... Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, to be fair, she was not booked to look very good at SummerSlam. Which is uh, unfortunate. Not what it would not have been my choice, but I kind of they, they kind of booked it themselves into a corner with that match, I guess. Um, she you know she acknowledges that she tapped out, but she said the title is the only reason that she was able to survive as long as she did. She survived three arm bars before finally succumbing to the final one, and only. When she thought that the ref had already counted three, did she tap out? Obviously, that was not the case. It was about two, two and a half when she started tapping, but that's what she says. It's basically her passion that kept her alive, is what she's saying, which is great. It's really nice to see her passion, and it's clear that she does have this passion. It's not just storyline. It's true, but passion doesn't make for a champion, not just passion, you know. She has to be booked at least relatively strongly, too, uh, in order for her to look not so weak as a champion, which is a, baby, a weak babyface champion is not a good recipe for success. You can get away with a weak heel who can win through cheating, but a weak babyface just does not give off the right look here, especially not someone who the fans love so much as, uh, as Liv. Well, Sonya Deville interrupts and says that Liv should not be champ and that she uh, she says that seeing Ronda attack Liv made her very happy and that it was a testament to how bad Adam Pearce is at his job somehow, I guess. But yeah, and then Sonya promised to win the upcoming gauntlet match to face Liv at Clash of the Castle. And that is next up, the, the seven-woman gauntlet match to decide Liv's challenger for clash of the castle and the women announced are sonya deville natalia Aaliyah, 
Shotzi, Zia Lee, Shayna Baszler, and Raquel Rodriguez. And recently, gauntlets have been known to really heat up wrestlers in the past, like in the last five years or so. Some examples, uh, Seth Rollins. This is really what got him going in like 2018 or so, 2018, 2019, when he started getting that monster push. Uh, of course, Kofi Kingston with Kofi Mania. This is That's what got him started as well. It was using the gauntlet, and he lasted a really long time. And then, to a lesser extent, but still, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, I think it was like a year or two ago, he was uh, he went the distance, not the distance, he went a long way in a gauntlet, and he's, he, he kind of returned to relevancy a little bit after that. So, wondering if it'll be the same here. Are they going to push someone to run, kind of run the gamut and just kind of, you know, get some notoriety here? What's going to happen? Very interesting to see. I hope uh, I hope they go with something like that. Sonya and Aaliyah are there to start the match. Uh, a lot of the offense was kind of sloppy and awkward. Nothing memorable here. Uh, it was very. It was pretty short. Sonya eliminates Aaliyah with a neckbreaker type move. You know, like the neckbreaker where they like drape the arm over and then push him down. It's like a really generic move. It was called the Deville's Advocate. Raquel Rodriguez is out next and this also was short and not very polished uh, I'm I'm not sure who to blame here I'm gonna say it's probably more Raquel than Sonia but I'm not sure uh, Raquel eliminates Sonia with a Tahana bomb and Shotzi is out next as we go to commercial uh, Shotzi is in control as we return from the break with Raquel in the dreaded abdominal stretch. How will she ever return? But yeah, Raquel turns it around and hits her signature twisting elbow drop. And another Tahana bomb to eliminate Shotzi. And so far, I'm pretty disappointed in this. It's everything has been short. No one has really stood out or looked particularly good. So that's never a good thing. Um, I mean, I guess I see what they're trying to do with Raquel, but... I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like the best way to do it. I would say put her in longer matches throughout this and she'll look better. You know, if I, I don't know. Zaya Lee is out next. And after another short exchange with Zaya being mostly in control, Raquel eliminates Zaya with a Tahana bomb. Didn't see that coming, did you? Natalia is out next. And this is the probably probably the first time I've been happy to see Natty in recent memory. Because she's been just dreadful in the last few years. But, uh, you know, Ra Raquel's not bad by any means. She's just not the type of worker that can be the ring general right now. She needs someone to guide her at this point in her career. She has a lot of potential. She just isn't there yet. Uh, she's in the sharpshooter for quite a while. But she, uh, that Raquel that is. But Raquel fights out and hits yet another Tahana Bomb to eliminate Natty. Bet you guys didn't see that coming at all. No way. No way. No how. And yeah, so much for that. It was That was even shorter than the last two, honestly. And Shayna is the final competitor. And she is uh, in control as we return from another commercial break. Uh, Shayna is also playing mind games with Liv Morgan at ringside. And working over Raquel's left arm because, as you remember, uh, Liv's arm is in a brace. And she that was the arm that Ronda focused on at SummerSlam. So, 
Some nice uh, storytelling work there. Uh, and yeah, Raquel goes for her spinning elbow drop that she hit on pretty much everybody else. But Shayna catches her in the Kira Fuda clutch. Raquel is able to like just barely get to the ropes. But the damage is done. She's pretty much out. She's pretty much passed out and out of it. And uh, Shane is able to win with a some like a bridging pinning combination. And you know the journey was not uh, what I wanted. It wasn't pretty. Uh, I, I guess I see why they want to build Raquel like this to look really strong even in defeat. We'll see going forward. It, it wasn't like horrible. But I'm definitely disappointed. I was expecting some strong wrestling here, and we really didn't get much of that. The best was honestly like the last little bit here between Shayna and Raquel. Uh, but you know what? The destination is probably the best case scenario, uh, at least in my opinion. I think Liv and Shayna can have some fun. Uh, they'll have a nice exchange. And I think either way, if, if Shayna takes the title off Liv, which I don't think is going to happen... It's possible. I just don't think it's going to happen. But I think Shayna is a little bit more believable for Liv to beat, you know, sort of cleanly than, than Ronda was. So maybe Liv can get a, a little bit of her heat back. And I think they'll have a good match. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Shayna is another undervalued performer. That's like a, a night of undervalued talent, talent tonight, pretty much. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm glad to see Shayna getting the opportunity here. That should be a good match. Once again, Sami Zayn is knocking on Roman Reigns' door. And the Usos come out. And he's like, look, guys, am I part of the bloodline or not? Am I an honorary Us? What, what is going on here? And the Usos tell him that he needs to start pulling his weight. Or they're going to make him take off that shirt. And Sammy's just kind of beside himself. He's like, he doesn't want that to happen. I really want to know what's going to happen with all this. This is uh, this is some great stuff. I love it. The Viking Raiders make their way out to the ring for a match with a couple of jobbers named Jim Mulkey and Tommy Gibson, and the Vikings absolutely murder these two these two poor men. This these poor guys. Eric pins both men simultaneously after a double power bomb of Jim onto Tommy. And they never stood a chance. But Kofi comes out of nowhere and attacks the Viking Raiders with a kendo stick, getting a measure of, of revenge, as promised. Uh, the match was pointless, but the attack was a nice touch. So I like that. Uh, we go to commercial break, and Kofi and Eric are randomly having a singles match when we come back from commercial break. The bell rings immediately as we come back. And sure, Eric has really been putting some, like, oomph. Some real power behind his moves since the Vikings have turned heel, which is cool. He hit a really nasty, like, uh, knee strike on Kofi, like an MMA-type knee strike, and then, like, an equally nasty Uranagi soon after. Uh, really brutal-looking. But Kofi keeps fighting back, and he's refusing to stay down for too long. Uh, they're on the outside, and Ivar tries to attack him with a kendo stick, but Kofi dodges it and hits a kick on him. And he goes back to the ring and rolls up Eric for the victory and goes back on the ramp. He gets a, he gets a little measure of revenge against the Viking Raiders here to continue the program. After the match, Michael Cole announces a tournament starting next week on Raw 
to crown the new women's tag team champions. It's very interesting. There is speculation that Sasha Banks and Naomi have, in fact, re-signed with the company or at least are going to re-sign with the company. I don't know if that's true. Uh, it could be a big boost for the women's division. If so, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know, and uh, it'll be interesting. Definitely interesting. I'm not a huge fan of the women's tag team champions championships personally because I don't think the women's division is quite deep enough to justify um, two uh, women's world championships and... That's not even to mention NXT, so another women's championship in NXT, plus another women's tag team championship in NXT. I would be fine if they had one women's tag team championships for both NXT and Raw and SmackDown. I, I'd be okay with that. I just don't see the point of having both. I just think don't think there's enough women's teams around. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll bring in more people. I don't know. Who knows? It's interesting nonetheless. And finally, the main event segment of the night. Roman Reigns and the Usos come out to the ring to address Drew McIntyre ahead of the Clash at the Champion. Clash at the Champion. Clash at the Castle main event. And Roman tells the crowd to acknowledge him. He uh, he kind of goes on talks about his SummerSlam match a little bit. He says that he hates Brock Lesnar, but he respects him. But he also hates him for uh, F5-ing Paul Heyman through the table and keeping him out of action. He addresses Heyman's absence and says he doesn't know when he's going to be back. And then Drew McIntyre comes out. He does not have the sword, which is kind of refreshing. And says that he cannot wait till Clash at the cha Clash at the Castle, not, not at the Champion, Clash at the Castle to get his hands on Roman. And as he rips his shirt off and he's about to rush the ring, we hear this mysterious music which I will say that I recognized but I could not place it immediately and then it hit me as I as I saw Scarlett Bordeaux on the ramp that it was Karrion Cross's music and he brutally attacks McIntyre and leaves him laying and then Scarlett places the hourglass in the ring and she and Karrion Cross stare down the bloodline to end the show. Um, that's definitely an interesting development. I was not expecting it. I, I definitely had heard the rumblings that Karrion might be back. And I wasn't particularly surprised that they might be back. But I didn't expect it to be like this so soon in this capacity. Like already basically going to the main event. Because the way that Karrion was handled in the main roster last time was not not a not a great thing. I mean that's not Triple H's fault. That's not really even Carrion's fault. That's just bad booking. Uh, he was taken away from Scar or Scarlet was taken away from him on the main roster and that was a huge mistake. Scarlet is such a vital part of his presentation. So yeah. Um I'm interested to see what happens. I'll say that. I'm intrigued. Color me intrigued. It was done in a way that makes me interested. So, okay. Uh, not my favorite episode of SmackDown. 
the opening match between Corbin and Ricochet was was great. Other than that, uh, it was all right. You know, nothing super memorable. Eh, you know, there's always next week. And that is when I will see you all. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And let's do this again next week. Peace.